episode 45, A Whole New World. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. And welcome back to the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, my co-host is... Chris. Hello. Hey, Chris. Welcome back. Uh, We're back together after some sickness and (laughs) other stuff. (laughs) Uh, Well, this week is episode 45, so we're back at it this week, and we are reviewing Century and New World, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit in depth later. We'll be talking about what's been on our table this week and as our love and hates as usual. So, Chris, let's go ahead and start at the top and talk about our gaming goals for the year. So, how's your gaming goals going? It's going very well, actually. Um, I'm, I've, Jamie and I have played, and I've played 23 games. Uh, this is week 11 of the calendar uh, year, so averaging about two games a week, which is actually pretty good. I mean, we're finishing up the wrestling season, which is kind of my busy season, so don't get a lot of games played that, so I'm expecting that to uh, jump up some more. But uh, 16 of those 23 of unique games and 12, count them, 12 shrink-racked games have been unboxed and played. So we're, nice. we're crushing that uh, that goal of 12. My uh, the, the whole year was 12, once a month. And we're, uh, we're uh, month three. So we're uh, we're really on a mission. Jamie's like, hey, what can we pull off? So I, so I'm pulling <laughs> off a game, unwrapping it, uh, reading like a it. randomizer, yeah, or I something. know, like pull a stick out of a like a bottle or something yeah. like that. So uh, we've been doing good at that. Uh, we've really been nice. focusing on getting new games out, and on um, it may be I, I may played it like with you and your version or Corey or somebody at work and stuff like that. But sure. it's it's mine's still in the shrink wrap. So some of the games, so I pulled them off too as well. So anyway, it's nice. uh, going well. The we still uh, we're working on remodeling um, some house and Jamie's house and oh, to, to move in. So the uh, the whole organizing and um, logging all the games, that's probably going to be done be- between June and July. So that goal is more later on. Uh, but okay. we're uh, we're working on the, the games being played and new games being out of shrink wrap and still organizing uh, game day coming up here. So um, working on that. So we're going to hit uh, the, the game day organized uh, goals and the the organizing and logging of the games goes to sooner or later. But cool, working hitting two of the four really hard right now. Have you got to the point where uh, you might have to cut some games out of the out of the collection? Oh, uh, w- yeah, that's probably going to have to happen. But I haven't. I mean, has she seen all the games you oh, have yet? Oh, heck yes, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know if you and, just had a closet yeah. off to the side or something. No, 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 no. I I don't hide anything from Jamie, so she knows it. She knows it all. So, I just didn't know if it was one of those, put a ring on it, and then she gets to see all the games. <laughs> no, she accepts me for who I am. Oh, right, my gosh. right. That's exactly. why you get the ring on it yeah, first. Yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, buddy. 
no, she accepted well, that me. That sounds before. like a project. Yeah, that's the type of girl she is. She accepted me about this this hobby and everything before I gave her a ring. So, oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the healthy way, as they say, <laughs> to do it. <laughs> uh, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you got a lot of games to get in for the summer. Oh yes, once it gets a little slower yes it's it's starting to get there we're uh we're already transitioning away from that we finished up uh end of the season type stuff so yeah we've we've talked about playing some games and we're back to tuesday night pokemon and stuff we'll talk more about what's on our table but yep yep cool most definitely it's getting better awesome well for me i'm up to 91 games i should maybe hit the 100 here in the next week we'll see uh spring breaks coming up is starting at the end this week and next week so schedule gets a little weird just you know this is our first year having a child and school uh because up to now you know preschool and and daycare and all that stuff but he's actually in kindergarten so we have to follow the whole school year and Mm -hmm. you know their calendar and so a little interesting having to move stuff around but uh we'll get there uh but we are playing risk legacy this weekend i guess it would have been uh, last weekend when this comes out so we're getting like risk legacy in we're playing through some other games that i'll talk about in my other uh other uh, segments but uh, hopefully we can get there uh but 34 of those are unique so just chugging along should hit the 100 the century mark here soon and still not even halfway but that's uh that's okay well, I'll get there. I think I can yeah. hit 250 pretty easily. Oh, I think so. You're almost at 100, I, and it's it's uh, still uh, under a quarter of the way of the year. Yeah, it's the 125 unique games I'm a little worried yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, I might just have to start rampaging through a lot of just – I have a whole shelf – just has small games you know the lightweight filler type games we might just have to tear through all those just to to inflate that count to get the unique games but we'll get them in so um but yeah it's been fun played a lot of different games a lot of new games um that's that's the fun about these goals is it's uh it forces you to try to play new games that you might have on your shelf that might have sat there otherwise and yeah uh, yeah it's been it's been kind of fun i've been bringing a lot of different games to work uh I'm not sure if the guys are getting fatigue. <laughs> the lunch, the lunch group's getting fatigue. It seems like, oh yeah, Brian has a new game. We're gonna play this week, but it's it's been a lot of fun to, to try that out. And we've been playing at different uh, player counts, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. So you bust out a game, you learn it, and then you start playing it with you know two player, and then you're getting three or four, maybe five or six or seven players at work, and just trying to get different flavors and uh, in some regards, actually seeing if I really like a game or not because of that sometimes the games just don't play very well at certain player counts you know oh yes that is so true so yeah cool well that's my uh that's my gaming goal check-in for the week i guess uh beer for me this week i'm drinking pompeii indian pale ale it's a toppling goliath brewing company beer again on the toppling goliath big fan of toppling goliath by the way if uh, nobody has realized but uh great beer really enjoying it um, I enjoy IPAs. Not too bad. Nice. Well, I am enjoying Woodchuck Hard Cider Sangria, red and fruity. 
Yeah, it's uh, uh, from the Vermont Cider Company in uh, Middlebury, Vermont. And it's one I've mentioned before. Uh, Jamie introduced me to it. And a little note on the can. It even says fermentation for fun. So that tells you all the exciting flavor of it. It's awesome. That's funny. Yeah. If you like sangria wine, uh, this would most definitely uh, have that similar flavor in a cider. So yummy, yummy, yummy stuff. Yummy stuff. Cool. Well, I forgot to mention, Toppling Glythe actually is brewed in Decorah, Iowa. So it's oh. a it's a local brewery. Yeah. It's uh they're pretty good. Yes. It's a little on the pricey side, but man, I, I they use like premium ingredients and it does taste a little different. I, maybe that's the hype or the, the 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 advertising machine, but it's pretty good. I'm gonna have to uh check out that. A good buddy a wrestling buddy of mine just moved down from Decorah and he lives in Adel now. So he is uh lived up there for the last 20 years. So I'm going to have to chat with him about that. I'm yeah. sure he's experienced a few of those. Ah, maybe so. Okay, well, let's let's just go ahead and let's talk about what's been on our table this week then. What's been on our table? This segment, we talk about games we've been playing this week. So, Chris, what's been on your table? What have you been playing? Well, Jamie and I busted out out of shrink wrap uh, the copy I have of Diamond Second Edition. Is that the one with the white cards? Yes, it, like that's just, okay. So yeah, yeah, it's had white cards and there's there's diamonds in it, but they're uh, I'm using air quotes because some uh, the larger ones are red, which I almost think of rubies, but they're smaller uh, smaller white diamonds too as well. Sure. Yeah. I just the the copy of Diamonds I have is the I think it's the first edition. So that's why I was just yeah clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. So what's 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 different with this one? The differences of diamonds. I'm gonna look it up. A few moments later. One of the main differences of this second edition has uh, the thief built into it, where that I think that was an expansion with the first edition. So huh. the the thief one of the suits allows you to uh, use the thief to steal a um, diamond from the showroom and then uh, put it in your showroom. So you take somebody's from in front of their their vault to in front of your vault, which is the showroom, and then you have to pass the thief after that. So uh, I'm trying to remember if that was the spades. I want to say that was the spades, not the clubs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh, that's. But you can actually in. steal it from in their vault. No, um, you steal it from their show uh, showcase showroom. So that's the. Yeah, but that's the normal. That's the normal. Uh, was that an expansion though? From the first edition? No, I, that's just normal functionality for the one suit. Oh, I wonder if we we just played the base game. Yeah, you must have, because that's just normally what you do oh, okay. for uh it's the clubs where you steal from clubs, somebody yeah, else and spades. put it from yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, spades is what allows you to take from in front of you and put it in your vault. That's correct. You're right, you're right on that. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, there's there's they talk about they do there's different art on the cards. It's white cards um with a different art versus the darker black or blue cards from the first edition because the box is more white silverish uh, mm-hmm. uh, than the darker blue from earlier um so they redo that but there's there was just something i read on the the different area of that thief expansion but and it's 
Jamie and I played it. We played a couple times of it uh, and really loved it. This is a it's a fun game. We only played it two players so far. We want to get some of the kids involved and some oh, other I've people. I've never played two player. Yeah, it's how does that play? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's interesting because um, it's it's she plays, I plays versus uh, one of us is going to get this, the the trick versus playing three or four player or more. Um, you may not get. Uh, some some of the aspects, or or there's more people. Okay, so if we play the same suits, whoever plays the highest suit actually gets it, gets the 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 trick, and gets the the, sure. the suit. Well, there's more opportunities for people to to put down the same type of card suit and not right. get something. So that that's going to be a different aspect with just her and I. It was most likely that. Um, Huh. Yeah, it's I'm I'm very interested to see how this plays with three and four people and more things like oh, that. Oh, it plays it oh. plays it plays great. Oh, I'm we sure played it will. this at work, and I, what I really especially enjoy is when you get to the pl- higher player cl- counts, yeah. where you actually have teams. Yeah, that's really that fun. Would be fun. That that's that's where this game really shines. I mean, it's just a trick taking yep. game. It feels there's not a whole lot difference to it, but there's a little more strategy, and the team is where I really enjoy because you can pass cards, uh, you know, before the round. You oh, get to, yeah. And then, you know, you kind of signal your, your teammate or kind of set them up if you have a weak hand. I, that's what I love about trick-taking games yeah. is doing the, the, partners, uh, the partner gameplays. But, yeah, this is a great game. I was just curious if it played yeah. any differently. But I, I can't see anything on BGG right. that's indicating any difference other than that mini expansion. Right. Yeah, and it plays this plays up to six players. So, I yeah, I'd love to play yep. this, uh, like you said, with partners. That would be a fun time. I mean, we could bring it to work. Oh, yeah. uh, it Let's, plays in 30 oh, minutes, yes. even with four or five players. It's yep. a great lunch game, um, yeah. and uh, it's a favorite. I know yeah. uh, Corey and I both own it. We've played it many, many, many times at work. I want to say it plays closer to 20 minutes, um, if not less, with two players, because you're just card, 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 yeah. card, card. Yep. Yeah, it can get up to about 45 minutes with about four or five players, yep. but still, you can fit that in a lunch oh, easily. easily. Yeah, easily. easily. Such a good game. Such a great trick-taking game. Yep. Um, I mean, I we grew up on trick-taking games, you know, Emily and I did, and uh, we, we, you know, it's just, it's one of those games, though, uh, trick-taking, I just think, is not as popular, maybe as common anymore. I don't know. I don't know if people still play card games as families. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. I, I don't hear other a lot than of playing that. crappy games like Uno or something. <laughs> I stick so by that crappy game. I agree with you. There's better games. There's better games like yeah. diamonds. No. Yeah, yeah, like a diamonds. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Uh, for me this week, uh, we played between two cities at work. This is a uh, Stonemeyer Games game, uh, and it's actually not Jamie Stegmeyer, the designer, which I'm a big fan of, obviously, and it. It's actually a game. It, it's it's really hard to explain. Um, so let me try to explain it. Uh, it's a tile lane game where you're building a city out of these tiles, and there's different types of tiles and uh, things like restaurants or factories or houses and so on and so forth. And what's unique about this one, though, is you build two cities, and you're building it with the people on either side of you. 
So you're building one city with your the person sitting to the right of you, and you're building another city to with the person to the left of yourself. And all the other people around the table are also building cities with the people next to them around the, t- the table. And this is not a cooperative game. I mean, there's one winner. The winner is who has the highest score of their lowest city, if that makes sense. Hmm, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because it's a tile drafting game. You know, you, you pick two tiles, you pass it. You pick two tiles, you pass it. And when you pick the two tiles, everybody simultaneously, after everybody picks it, simultaneously reveals. And then you have to assign one of those tiles to each of your cities. And there's a lot of maybe wheeling and dealing like, hey, hey, Josh, uh, you, you want to put that on this one. And Josh's person to the left room is like, no, 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 put this tile on our city. And you have to, it's just, it's fun. It's, 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 uh, it's really cool. You're setting up combos because there's a lot of comboing depending on how the tiles sit next to each other adjacently. And, and you get, um, it's basically set collection because a lot of the different types of tiles score more points as you get more of that in your city, but then there's special exceptions such as uh, they have to go in a line or connect, or if they touch another tile like housing to factories, the houses are only worth one point and so on. It's really fun. It's a quick game, plays in probably 25 minutes, maybe, and it's it's really fun. I really, really enjoy it, and every game's so close. I've played this at four players, five players, six players, Every time I've played, I've actually even played three players. Every time, everybody is within five to ten points of each other. So close. It's really a lot of fun. Really enjoy it. And it's just a easy kind of going game that's easy to learn and play, which is fun. I like that. Nice. Always good. Yeah. Kind of gives me a uh, King Domino type of feel oh, where you're yeah. trying to match up. Uh, you know, fit them together, but you only have so much boundary. Kind of makes me feel like that little puzzly where you're trying to set yourself up or engine buildy a little bit, um, but really light and uh, easy to play. So that's between two cities, and there's actually a between two castles yeah. version. Which have you heard of Castles of Mad King Ludwig? Yes, I did have. And so Jamie Stegmeyer is a big fan of that game. Like he loves that game. So he teamed up. I think it's Bezier Games is, uh, who makes that. And he adapted the Between Two Cities, but into the Castles of Mad King Ludwig in that universe. So it's a spinoff game of that, Castles of King Ludwig, I guess. So Pretty fun. I might have, to, might have to check that out version out. I'm not sure if it plays any differently. But anyway, really enjoy it. Check it out. It's, it's a Between Two Cities, a fantastic game. And it's not very expensive either, which is, which is nice. So yeah, so check it out. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, let's. Well, that's. I guess that's what's been on our tables this week. So let's talk about Century: A New World. The games we play reviews Century: A New World. So finally, we get to the third installment of the Century yeah. trilogy. Now, uh, Century games that we've reviewed in the previous episodes were the Golem Edition. Well, unfortunately, the Golem Edition is not out yet for Century uh, New World, but it should be coming out of Gen. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully it's (laughs) It's hard to say with all the the China manufacturing shutdown and delays and shipping and all that stuff. I, I mean, who knows? Either way, the Golem Edition is supposed to be coming out this year. And should cap off our collection for the Golem Edition. So for this one, we did play the Century Spice version, A New World, which uh, came out last year. So it's not even 
that old. I don't even think it's a year old yet. Uh, I I think I picked this one up at Origins, which is a pre-pre-release because I didn't even think it came out until the fall. Either way, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so uh, finally, we conclude the trilogy by Emerson Matsushi. Been a big fan of his games uh, as of late. A uh, lot of lot of good games. Yeah. I really like how he does stuff with the mechanics and just solid gameplay. Uh, it's neither here nor there. So. This game, what's different than the first and second game, you might be asking yourself, right? I'm sure you are right now. Uh, this game is uh, the same line where you're trying to upgrade your spices uh, into other spices, right? You know, you're trying to get to this and get to this and get this set to buy these point cards. But this game takes a little different approach with it and actually adds in worker placement my personal one of my personal favorites now but basically you get a bunch of workers and you're trying to place these workers out into the board which gives you trading i.e you could trade yellow for red or whatever just like the other games or you could acquire the cubes or there's upgrade spots it's very similar and then there's spots where you can go and put your worker down to acquire a point card which again you just turn in your spices and and you get that point card so far, basically like the other games, but with worker placement. However, in this game, it adds an idea of bonuses. So there's these bonus tiles you can pick up. And at the end of the game, they're worth the bonus points per each set of the icon. So each of the point cards in this game has a icon, such as a hammer or a dream catcher or a navigation or compass. And you're going to be collecting these sets because these bonuses might give you three points for every hammer and navigation set you have and so on and so forth. So you're going to score a lot of your points that way. Additionally, these point cards also have special abilities and they're themed around the different type of uh, uh, symbols. So your build ones are going to give you bonuses for acquiring spices. Your your dream catchers are going to give you discounts on your worker placement. The navigation is allow you going to open up spots on the board that gives you better and higher trading and acquire and upgrading. And then there's the bag. The bags give you more workers. And so you're just going to be doing this. You're going to be acquiring eight point cards. Game ends. Whoever has the most points um, that's basically, in a nutshell, uh, the game and how uh, how it plays and how it is. So, uh, Chris, uh, so you just played this once. We played this work. Yep. We played a four-player game. I've played four, three, and two players a couple times. Um, so when we went to go set this up, or when you walked in, I kind of had it already set up. Uh, what was your first initial thoughts? Like, wh- how did it look? What was the board presence? Was it interesting, boring, or or what have you? Well, um, I own the Gollum edition. So uh, coming to this, this is the Spice edition, if you want to call it that way. And so there's sure. uh, the, there's a little difference of art on it. But when I walked definitely. up, I definitely noticed, hey, it's the same crystal types, uh, game components that uh there's a different layout with this uh similar art uh and what yeah. i've seen with the other expansion or the other not expansions the other games but um sure. it's laid out like you said you, it's laid out differently you got these four boards that put together and you've got uh worker uh workers to have worker placement on the boards and stuff so the layout was a little different but i saw some mm-hmm. some similarities 
with the crystals sure. and you know these cards aspect uh, of of the the art on the cards that are, are very uh, are on the boards that are similar to the prior cards and things like that. So it's it does really have this similar art, similar feel with the crystals and that. But there's a difference uh, uh, of this one with the larger uh, boards that uh, the four that hook together and um, th- that type of a setup with the workers for worker placement, that kind of bit. So it gives that a new, new feel to a very similar look of, for me coming like into it's it. A, it's a new world. Yeah, it's like joking. a new world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and by crystals, you meant like the spice. Cubes. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the same That's spice true. cubes it's, as the, I, the, the, yes. the games, but yeah, there's, it, yes. there's things. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We're used to the crystal, yes. which actually as a side note, it was kind of trippy to get used to. We played the golf. Yeah. We played all the golf games and I'm used to what the values of the crystals are. Right. And then going to this, they're different colors for the spice. It was a little trippy, a little trippy to get used to. I was having to do mental gymnastics in my head being okay. The brown cubes are the same as the pink crystals. <laughs> like I had to translate them back into the crystals, which is a little slow going if you having to do that the whole game, uh, translate the colors. But uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it's a similar art as the Golem Edition, except for the, obviously the Golem Edition is a little more fantasy and colorful. This is a little more uh, earth tone type, but the, the artwork is pretty good. And it's definitely in a native colonial. Uh, America circa 19, the, it's not 1970s, the 1700s. Uh, that's the feel of it. I think the idea is it's a new world. You know, they're coming to America and there's the Native Americans and the colonials and they're helping each other out and you're trading with each other. And I think that's the feel of it because in this game, the spices are actually spices. They actually represent food or uh, fur or uh, corn, I think. I think yellow is corn, so, red yeah. is meat, yep. the brown is fur, and the red, I don't remember everything, but that's what it's supposed to represent. So it's not actually spices. So so that's kind of kind of different flavor. It's not. It's neither here or there, but uh, it's just something that's a little different. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it, definitely a board, which is a, a little different. I mean, they're they're thin, like cardboard sheets i guess uh that make up your board it's modular uh but uh yeah i'm with you on on the initial impression so as we're starting to play this obviously you played the first two games what do you think of the gameplay as it relates to the prior games and how do you think it works compared to the other games uh there's some similarities uh like i said with the the features of the collecting and working towards getting the these objects um and that the point yeah the point cards basically you're you're collecting these uh, cubes or crystals cubes in this incident um (laughs) i'm gonna keep calling them crystals (laughs) i'll slip and forget um and utilizing them to spend to purchase these these point cards and stuff so that's a very similar aspect of all throughout uh these games so that's you can go from one game to the other game and that's going to be the uh, one of the commonalities of how it plays with this yeah, yeah the symbology yes. is going to be it, the same. It, it really i mean is. you're going to look yep. at it no yep. hey this trades a hero yep. okay yeah it. really it is i mean you go to this game and it's going to play very similar to the first two with a couple newer or different nuances to it and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you'll you, 
anybody who has never played this before, like myself coming to this one, uh, stepping in, I played the other one. So I picked it up really quick on that aspect. So I, I like the new feel of, hey, I'm going about this avenue, worker placement in this incident, uh, of adding that game mechanic to it, to a similar feel of the other Sentry uh, games. So I, I, I enjoy yeah. that. I like that. Gives it a new twist, but a very similar uh, enough that I can pick it up and, and understand it right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, disagree or agree with me here. Uh, this game doesn't necessarily put the emphasis necessarily on a trading up your crystals as much and like exchanging this crystal for this crystal. I think the emphasis is a lot more on... I hate to say engine building, but building a little engine and acquiring those point cards because they give you special abilities that carry out, i.e. discounts on yes. worker placement, getting more workers, uh, exploring or navigation, exploring and opening up other areas to get more efficient combos, and less emphasis on just building up an engine of trading and acquiring. I, I agree. I, I agree with that. Which was different, right? That oh, felt yes. really different. That is a di- different Be- aspect of that, of uh, like you said, a feel Be- than the first two games. And heck, even the point cards only range from on a four player game two to ten points. Right on on a three player and two player game, you throw out some of those four player cards. I think the highest point value is like a yeah seven. seven. Yep, it really is. Which is different. A lot of the older, like the other games, you're getting fifteen, yep. seventeen, yep. twenty points per of those point tokens or, or cards it it's just different you're you're gonna only gonna get half of your total points maybe from those point cards right that's it just felt different yeah absolutely it felt it it was different enough that it didn't necessarily feel like the other games like you couldn't go in with the same kind of strategy where i'm gonna try to build this efficient uh pathway to exchanging cubes because in, uh, in all honesty everything's open for all players so that's that's a little different it, that's yes that was, that was it was weird to get used to very much it, it is it is you think it's going to be very similar for the other games but you're right the gameplay does feel different um because the worker placement's open to everybody yes uh and so we're rolling in here to actually how we're playing it uh when there's another person in a space and you want it you can go there but you're gonna have to pay an extra worker more than what they have so that adds another layer strategy where uh one of your actions is to rest and pull all your workers back because if you run out of workers you can't do anything but if you go and take that spot that Corey's on you might give him three workers back that gives him a whole nother round or two without resting uh because you and you paid extra workers so there's some interesting yeah. things to think of so the strategy is a lot different yeah. or you could do like we did and totally ignore Corey and never do that to him and so where he gets to a point where he complains that nobody's oh, nobody's my resetting my guys <laughs> He won. Oh, yeah, I won. think whining is better uh, description than complaining. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he he like came in second place. It was he he was only he only lost by seven yeah. points. And and Josh and I who were doing that all game like got blown <laughs> out by like twenty points. <laughs> yes. Oh, Corey. Oh, it was funny. Oh, Corey. Uh, no, it was really funny. It was really funny. But that definitely added some strategy because there was a few times like, oh, I kind of want to go there, but. I don't want to give Corey work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll give Josh. Screw it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get two yellow 
cute just for the heck of it because I don't want to give gory guys back. Exactly. Uh, that's definitely not how we play. It is. It's how we play. <laughs> Uh, uh, so from so I don't know how many worker placement games you you play. I I don't. That's not necessarily your type of game traditionally. But right. uh, I I how how do you feel about this worker? Placement? I like it. I do have several games that are probably still in shrink wrap that are worker placement. Um, <laughs> that my point exactly. That uh, Jamie and I we're working up to them. We're working up to them. Starting these lighter games, getting comfortable with that, and busting those medium games out like Stone Age and stuff like that. I oh, I still sure. have that yeah, in shrink that's wrap. A good worker <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, but uh, I, I like it. I like worker placement. The Everdale type games. Um, yes, oh, yeah. which oh, is yeah. coming sometime per Kickstarter. Is a fan, that is a fantastic, fantastic type of replacement. So you're right. I have traditionally not played a lot of those games, but I'm, I'm a fan of that, um, of that mechanic. And I really like that aspect. And so I, I enjoyed that in this game. Uh, like I said, the, the spice, or the sensory, the century games, I, I enjoy, I really like. And adding that mechanic into this made it really different than the other ones. And so it it's, it's like, it yes, it, and I'm like, Oh, nice. I like it. So I do like that uh, worker placement mechanic in this game. Now I would say it's a little light on the worker placement. I mean, it's worker placement. Yeah. There's spots you're taking actions. I think it's a little light on the worker placement, other worker placement games that you brought up Everdale stone age, yep. uh, even like architects or paladins of the West kingdom. That's going to be a little more worker placement, a little more meaty. Uh, this just doesn't offer a lot of a lot of options, but I think it's a good entry level. Yes, worker yeah. placement. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of get kind of expose maybe somebody to worker placement that's familiar with Century, and I think that's what it does well at. But it's not a fantastic worker placement, I would say. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, it's it's. I agree with you that it's it's a good entry type to the understanding of how that mechanic works and a feel of that. It's, uh, it's not the game is not totally based around that aspect, um, uh, but it's right. it's a part of it. Sure. Um, and, and overall, this game's not really doing anything groundbreaking. I mean, you got set collection with the bonus points. You got a little worker placement to get cubes and trade them out. None of that's new, right? right. None of this is, is especially groundbreaking or unique, but it's a solid package. It plays solid. It's it's fairly quick. I mean, even with a four-player game and you learning, I think our player time on that was about 42, 45 minutes. That's not too bad. That's not bad at all uh, for this game. So, uh, yeah. Um, in the end, Chris, you won. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, on this first game. And and Corey, Josh, and I have played a lot. Of, I think we've played this maybe three or four times over the last week or two. And it definitely played a little differently with a fourth player, to, to be honest. Oh, I can um, see that. So, you know, Corey was playing a little more like he does a three-player game, and I think it kind of caught him off guard when you um, when you finished off and we took some of the point cards he needed or wanted. So I, his, his mentality is he just grabs a bunch of stuff, and even if he has enough cubes to buy the point card, he'll just keep collecting stuff until somebody threatens to take it. And that kind of backfired on, yeah. on on him a little bit with the four player game. A three player game is not too bad because there's two players between you, but with 
four-player game, that extra player did add some some things to it. In some cases, Josh just nabbed up a card just because he wanted points, and it made sense for him to do. Um, but it was a little different. Uh, still fun. Yeah. I still liked it. All right, so let's talk about what we think our strengths and weaknesses are for this game. So let's start with strengths. Chris, what do you think the strengths are for Century A New World? Yeah, I like the components, the art, um, the the these games have good art. They have, the cards are nice. These have some board pieces uh, in that aspect. Um, I really like the art. Um, I, like I said, I'm very curious to see what the, um, the Gollum edition art is and components with mm-hmm. the, 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 the crystals, the crystals yep, yep, and yep. whatnot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I like that aspect. I think that's a strength of these games uh-huh. is that, um, I, I like that, uh, another strength I think and a like is that I, the progressively adding on of game mechanics, uh, and gameplay in this collection. You start off with the very first edition, gives you the basis of what these games are. Second, uh, the second game comes out and really, uh, adds onto that with a different game mechanic. So it gives it a little different feel. And then, mm-hmm. uh, this third game comes out and adds the, the, uh, worker placement aspect to it and, and gives it a different feel and, uh, vibe than oh, originally. Yeah. I right. like that, how they progressively do that because, and, and then I'm very interested in trying the, the game mechanics of adding them all together because again, we mentioned it before, uh, that these games, just because you bought the third game and you already own game one and two doesn't, make those null and void you can still play them back and forth and utilize and yes. add them together i like that that i think that's a strength in, in this series because it's going to make people go out and buy all three of, uh, of these games versus just oh i'll wait till the newest one and get the newest one so i i, I like that that to me that's a strength yeah absolutely yeah definitely it doesn't feel like you're rebuying the same right. game per se right. Uh, and it did enough to differentiate it, but at the same time, feel within the same series of game, which was kind of cool. Uh, for me, strengths, worker placement. I love worker placement. Uh, I, I really haven't played a worker placement game I haven't liked. Uh, set collection. I, it was kind of a nice, uh, added difference. I was not expecting that. That, that set collection, if you do it right and, and, and do well with your combos, you can get a lot yeah. of points from the set collection. Yeah. And that was a nice little added uh, bonus. And they really toned down the points you get from point cards, which kind of lowered the emphasis on getting the point cards, which you still need to get to finish the game and get you the combos and those and those uh, icons. But it, it made you focus on certain types of cards, right? Because you're trying to collect just the hammers. Well, the hammers are the ones that give you uh, an extra bonus cube when you take certain spot actions that have the icon. And so that maybe gives you emphasis to focus on that. And while Josh is over here collecting all the dream the dream catchers, which are giving the discounts. Uh, so it was just really interesting uh, from from the emphasis on where you get your points and then adding some bonus bonuses yeah. in there, which is kind of cool. Uh Different game combos. I, I think you kind of alluded yeah. to this, and we've talked about it before, where you can you can combine this game with the other two games. So with this, by buying the third game and you owning the first two, you now have really four new games. You you have the third game, which you can play by itself. You can play first and third. You can play second and third, and you can play first, second, and third. And each one of them, reading the rules, 
actually changes up the game enough that it would feel even different from the base game and that that's kind yeah, of exciting. Yeah, that is. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing. I, I look forward to playing some of those. Uh, I, you know, I want to start with first and third, do second and third, and then do first, second, and third. And that'll base, I think, at that point, I've then played every game mode. And that's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to trying that. Um, and the last strength, I think, is the variable setup. So... I think we kind of alluded to it, but there's a lot of tokens. So all those bonus tiles are tiles. They're they're randomly shuffled up and arranged so they can come out in any different order. There are the tiles that cover up for the navigation that block off the extra spaces because it's it's four like sheets, right? right. And on each sheet, I think there's what six spaces, give I or take. So. And when when you start the game, one whole sheet is basically unexplored. These tokens are on them. And as the exploration cards come up, when you take it, it allows you to go explore one of those spots and you get the tile, which can give you points or more symbols. And then it opens that spot up so everybody can put their workers there. So just from that combinations of those tiles, the fourth board is also randomized. There's three of them when you set up the base game that could come out, plus how the tiles come up and then the variability with the cards. Every game feels just a little different. You can't take the same strategy every time I play this. You can't. The winner takes a completely different strategy because you have to play for the variable setup. And I really like that. That's that's a nice bonus. It keeps the game fresh yeah. and new, and you can play it multiple times and not feel old. Uh, like the first game, Century Spice Road, that game can kind of get stale because there's not that whole much... Uh, there's not that much variability other than the cards that come up. But you play the game enough, you've seen all the cards, You it, it kind of feels like you go through the same actions. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, you yeah. see certain cards coming, you're like, oh, I'm going to take that, yep. I'm going to take that. That's good value. I can... With uh, with this, with the variable, you can't necessarily take the same strategy. You just have to take what comes out and then and roll with the punches. Uh, so that's my strengths with the game. So what's your weaknesses, Chris, for this game? A um, couple of things where I thought that there's four boards that are put together, which has the spaces on them and things. I, I thought those were thin. They were pretty. They are And thin. to me that when you get, they're larger than the cards. So they're easily kind of curved up and they didn't fit together and they were kind of hard to pick up or whatever. And I think those needed to be a little thicker card stock or type of sure. a board to me. I, or an actual right, board. Right, an actual board and that kind of bit um so that was an uh, that was a weakness for me and another one is i thought when when i first uh playing the game i kept trying to put my workers on these spots that were all covered up on the board because it was almost like half or a, a third of the board was uh locked at, at the beginning and yeah the the, the yeah. third the one of the, the one of the three boards is completely um unexplored you can't go there from the, the first yeah part of the and game. to me that i mean it was kind of almost because we didn't we didn't unlock a lot of it. it was, we only unlocked like two or three spaces of it by the end of the game. Right. And to me, that's, I don't know, there's, uh, that's, it's kind of a dislike in this fact that, you know, a, a good chunk of the board is not playable. So um, I, I like the randomness of it, or not randomness, I'm saying um, the, the variable, variable, yes, thank you, the variable uh, setup of it, like you mentioned. But uh, it's like, well, but a good chunk of the board is not playable. To me, that was a weakness. And, and maybe after more plays, that'll change. But the initial thought of that. 
And and the, just the last one I was thinking of is it was a little fiddly in a couple game plays where I was noticing like there's uh, there's uh, when you explore tiles and things like that, one of them is like a one-time bonus of a two cubes. Well, and that seems very meager when there's other tiles that allow you to like uh, activate your uh, one of your one or two of your six reserved meeples and stuff. So some of those bonuses and tiles were really different in um, in a, a ability or, or what you get out of it. And like you mentioned before, the, the card points were very low compared to the other ones. So it's, you still have to do all the collections for that, um, on that. So yeah, yeah I guess that's, I, I might, I, yeah, I might disagree, oh, no, yeah. I guess a little bit. I think that those exploration t- tiles, are what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to add to your set collection because they have the symbols of the, the, the main four symbols. And then the and the one that showed two cubes, yeah, that's the weakest. But at the same time, uh, if you get a navigation as your first card and you're like, man, getting a green and a red cube, which is the... the uh, I think it's green. I think or brown right. and red, sorry, which is like the highest two, um, is a pretty good value in the beginning game in some cases it, it can be uh it can be situational right. but I, I know in the past I've, I've grabbed it where it allowed me because a new card came out that i was able on the next turn grab another card because i got two of the high cubes so yeah it's situational but it's not meant to be like super right. high value it's uh more of the value is actually what you're uncovering because some of those uh trade value ones are really really good that you yeah. uncover like your three upgrades, right. your your two for three type yeah. upgrades, uh, but I, I mean I can understand kind of where you're going, uh, but I think having a whole board covered up adds another option for the navigation. It makes the navigation significant, and it also forces players to be stumbling over each other. I think if that third board was unlocked, we would never have to uh, uh, replace another person. Yeah, and I see that, and that's this is something that I may change my mind after more play of this. So that this was sure. initial, a, a one-time uh, coming from a guy who's played at one time. So <laughs> take oh, yeah, it with sure, a grain sure, of salt, sure. people out there. Take it with a yeah, grain sure. of salt. <laughs> sure. Now, um, for my weaknesses, one of the things I, I don't like is, is maybe some of the randomness. Yeah. So it's kind of along the same lines of what you're talking about, how a third of the board is covered. I'm fine with that. The only issue is... Uh, every time we played, we've never got a navigation card out in the first set. Yeah. Uh, or the, uh, sometimes, actually, most of the games, it doesn't come out until like your third card pull. You know, between the players, that means, that means on a on a three player game, we've gone through over nine cards potentially before we see a, a navigation, which can actually slow down the game a little bit. So I just wish there was some mechanism maybe to guarantee a navigation somewhat have it progress a little bit have it guarantee like navigation comes out every third or something of the game i don't know it's not that big of a deal it's just it'd be fun to unlock some of those navigation places a little earlier and there's so many of those bonus tiles that have a navigation icon you just don't know if it's ever going to come up you always see the other three icons there's not that many navigation cards in the game because there's not that many places to unlock but there's tons of hammers, tons of bags, tons of those dream catchers, but only a few of those navigation. But a, there's quite a few bonus tiles that have a navigation icon. And, and at the early game, it's like, ah, man, 
Do I even take this? I don't know if a navigation's coming out. So that's my that's about my only major gripe. Uh, for the small gripes, it's kind of a small board. I mean, those squares are really small and even put together. It's a small board, and trying to fit four people around a table to play, it gets a little awkward. You, yeah. at somebody inevitably, unless you're playing on like a really small table, has to reach across, and it's kind of annoying. Um, and then just small components. Those little workers are like yeah. three millimeters, maybe think, yeah. two millimeters. I They're small. think they could have been bigger. Yeah, just made just make those boards bigger and then make the meeples bigger. Now the reason why they did it though, and you can tell why those squares fit perfectly in the in the width of the, the game. box. Yep, game box. And, yep, and that box is the same size as the other yep. two. So they kind of, I don't know, let's say shot the cells of the foot, but kind of did because they made the other game smaller. And the other two games, great storage. Oh, yeah. game, this game has great storage and it made it efficient. But those boxes are smaller. They obviously wanted to make it the same size because uh, it would be kind of weird if this was a little bigger size and you couldn't necessarily fit them on the same shelf as the other two. I mean, heck, the the end, the box ends on the side, they all line up into a, like a big picture like the front and the sides. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah. it's neither yeah, here or there. Cool. So, but that's my only minor complaint. But I know why they did it was just because the match the other the other games. Yep. It is what it is. Okay, uh, conclusion. So, what uh, overall, Chris? Uh, what's what's your conclusion for this game? What kind of uh, thoughts do you see? Have I I think this is an excellent game. I I really do. Um, I think that this is, uh, I like the series of the game. I, the other games I thought were excellent too as well. And this continues with that. I, I had a couple dislikes or weaknesses, but I think those are overshadowed by the strengths of this game. Um, I, 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 I like this game. Um, it, it just adds to it. I'm, I'm very, eager to play the Gollum edition because I've I love the the Gollum edition more oh, yeah. than the Spice edition. So oh, when that yeah. comes supposed to come out this summer, I'll be definitely purchasing a copy of it. But and getting a play yes, mat. A heck yes. Heck yes. Maybe the playmat, because I bet you the playmat will be bigger. Oh, I, I think, think it so. will probably solve some yep, of that problem. Yep. Anyway, neither. Yes. Really. And I'm curious to see, like I said, the components uh uh what the the Gollum edition components are going to be because those to me are way stellar uh, compared oh, to the yeah. spice. And they yes. cost yeah. the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a yep. no-brainer. Yeah, so I, I like this game. I really do. Uh, I think there's... Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it more. I'm looking forward to playing it in, with combinations of the first two games. So mm. I, I really... I like cool. it. Cool. Good. Um, you know, I'm going to give this a very good. Uh, I like to play it. I will... I'll suggest it, and I'll, I'll never turn it down. But I think it's the weakest of the... Th- Three, I can see that probably uh, a few things they could do to fix it is even though you're getting eight cards, the game still feels like it ends too early. It never, while the first two give you more of an engine building, definitely engine building feel. This one doesn't give you an engine building feel. Unfortunately, it, you get close up to that line, but you don't get close enough. Uh, some of those cards that give you the bonuses where you acquire more cubes or gives you discounts. That's on the right track of engine building, but it doesn't. That's it. It falls short, um, and it's it's more made for set collection than anything. Um, yeah, it's a good game. It's a solid game. Just 
I enjoy and had way more fun with the other two. Honestly, I think the the second one, Eastern Wonders or Eastern Mountains, depending which version, I think is the best of the three, to, to be honest. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe playing some of the combinations, uh, maybe the third one really helps supplement the second or first one and has a really interesting gameplay, because it might. Looking at the rules, it really could. It, it changes definitely changes the rules, where in the other combinations, you're using your workers to activate your ship from the second one or using your workers to draw and get cards for the from the first one or combination of of the three when and the first second and third so maybe that's enough to make this actually uh good enough to make those other two even better we'll see i'll play them but on its own definitely it's a very good game but uh not my favorite of the three but I'll, I'll definitely always play it if somebody wants to try it or play it out i'll i'll definitely pull that out and set it up and teach it with no problems. So, all right. Well, I guess that's been a review of the Century Trilogy. It's uh, it's been fun playing all these games. Great yes. games, all great games on their own though. Um, and, and great as a set. Uh, I I wouldn't blame anybody for buying all three and having them on their shelf because I think it definitely fills a great spot for entry level gateway type games that are solid, quick and have great gameplay and it was a lot of fun a lot of fun and good engine building in the first and second so which i'm a huge yeah i agree with you these are games to definitely check out definitely check them out yeah good deal good yes okay well that was that concludes our review of century a new world and the century trilogy i guess what will we review next only time will tell. All right, let's move on and talk about our love and hates for the week. Our love and hate this week. This is a segment where we talk about our loves and our hates. Uh, usually something not game-related. Sometimes it is off the walls. Sometimes just random. But uh, this is usually where you get to know us a little better. So my love this week is game-related. It is Lost Cities rivals so <laughs> this was kind of weird a lot of these games you see oh there's a rivals editions or a dual edition there's like oh it's a two-player version of a game right but then i saw lost city rivals and i'm like but this is already a two-player game well this is lost cities a two to four player game and it's really really good really really good i really like it in fact I'm going to get rid of Lost Cities, the base game, because this game is that much better, and I don't want to play Lost Cities, the base game, because this game replaces it completely. And so it's so for those who don't know, Lost Cities is a two-player card game, and I think we've talked about oh, it on yes. the podcast, but you're essentially getting sets of the different colors or expeditions, and there's a cool mechanic where you're discarding, and you can pick them up, but the scoring's a little wonky where you have to get a certain number in your expedition, or you'll get negative points, and uh, some of the problems I have with it is super random. <laughs> it, like the game suggests you play three games of it to see who wins because it is that random. Um, but this game takes that kind of idea where you're getting set collection from the expeditions, but it adds an auction element to the game. So that's how you actually acquire the cards in this game. Instead of just top decking a card you really need, you are on your turn either revealing a card from the top of the deck out into the main row or out in the middle of the table, 
or you're starting an auction. If you start an auction, you're starting an auction for your your chance to get all the cards in the middle. And so everybody goes around. The winner gets to take the cards that they want to. They expand to and add to their expedition. But the same rules apply. That uh, it, it, They're numbered 2 from 10, and there's multiple of the low numbers, but only one copy of the high numbers. But once you put a number there, i.e., if you put number 5 to your expedition, you cannot put a, anything lower than a 5 back on your expedition. It's too far. You're, you're, you're gone. You're done. And you can only have one expedition of each color. So if a two comes out, it's worthless to you, but your your other um, opponents might want it or need it. And it's, so that's the same idea from the first game. But with this one, uh, it, you're auctioning off and everybody has a chance at getting those items. And when you win an auction, you can throw away one of the cards out of the game. You can choose one of them, just like, it's gone. And so in certain cases, you might not want any of those one of those cards, but you can throw it away because it helps Corey too much. <laughs> we that, that don't want to help Corey. That happens. We do not want to help Corey whatsoever. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and he's not the victim here. He does this all the yes. time. Uh, but it's it's an interesting game because you can you can force auctions because you know another player really wants it and you can bid them up. Corey does that all the time, uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I really really enjoy it. It's a great uh, entry level auctioning game plus the set collection that makes Lost Cities a lot of fun. You know with the numbering, and uh, I really like it. It's it's the probably right now best Lost Cities version in my opinion. So uh, definitely check it out. That's Lost Cities Rivals plays two to four players. And it's a quick game. Plays in like 20, 30 minutes. Chris, what's your love this week? My love is watching people enjoy games. So uh, we've been getting back to Pokemon on Tuesday nights up at Mayhem Comics in, uh, out in West Des Moines. And this week um, we brought uh, two sons of some friends of ours, uh, Finnegan and McCormick. They're seven and five. And they just had a birthday party because uh, <laughs> their birthday's literally one day apart from each other by two years uh and they had a pokemon um pokemon birthday party and their mom jenny is one of friends of ours that we played games with listens to the podcast and mm-hmm. she she texted jamie i didn't know chris played pokemon from the last one oh, yeah really? so i'm like because their boys had a uh they have the cards but they've never played uh, uh correctly or real the way so oh, yeah okay. so we uh we said uh come on so we brought him over uh, uh monday night and john and Bo ha- sat down with each one of them and got all their cards out and built decks for him uh, with them so oh, okay. we took him to pokemon and i sat with them and helped them play each other then there's some really nice people who came over and played them and i played them and mccormick beat me the five-year-old beat me and um so i had to buy ice cream that was the kind of the, the enjoyment for him <laughs> it was ice cream was on the line <laughs> so there it was fun know. yeah so just watching these two boys just go there and and play and enjoy and learn the game and the whole environment. I thought it was uh, exciting, and I love seeing that. I love I love these games and the social aspect and the interaction and things and and seeing people um, enjoy playing games is is a love of mine. So oh, that was a lot of fun seeing cool. these two boys and I got messages then the next day about how they just constantly talk. And Finnegan, the older seven year old, was up at six o'clock in the morning ready to go to to go play Pokemon and. <laughs> it was oh, one of those things. Oh so boy, it was it was awesome. It was pretty awesome to see. It, I like That's that. Funny. That's a love of mine. So 
Oh, good. Cool. That's cool. Uh, get them in and actually play yeah. the game, right? Not house yep. rule it. Uh, yeah, we're anti-house rules around here. Early <laughs> sign. <laughs> cool. Good deal. That's always that's always fun. And you got me. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and I'll shuck All right. Hate for me this week is expensive equipment. So uh, I'm kind of a nerdy tech type of guy. Just I mean, we're in IT, yeah, well, right? You know, and that, that's been that's been me my whole life. I, you know, I like I've always liked gadgets and technology, and I've always I've never built or I've excuse me, I've never bought a, a, a pre-assembled computer. I've always built all my computers. Um, I've had custom setups and the whole thing. I, I really like doing that stuff. I really like the gadgets and researching and finding the best this or the best that and having custom cool setups. And, you know, even I know it's been a long time coming with this stupid website, but even researching websites, all these pre-built or builder websites, I just, I don't, I've tried so many of these free ones and I just don't like them and nothing's really giving the flexibility and what I want to do. So I'm now researching uh, and just uh, building my own website, you know, using like WordPress and a theme and kind of going from there, but not going a custom build route just because it doesn't. Anyway, that's neither hearsay, but that's just that's just how I am. So I've uh, been trying to look into what I could do to fix some of the audio issues and, and speed up my my editing of this podcast because, to, to be completely honest, it, it takes me two to three hours to edit this one hour of podcast every week and a lot of it is <laughs> a lot of it's trial and error a lot of it's just me learning the tools and it's me uh learning from uh, mistakes of setting certain things with audio and setup and stuff like that and so i'm learning a lot of stuff and um i've been reading a lot and listening i, th- I think i'm now like eight hours into this uh series of for for uh, audio engineering uh, like intro and learning about stuff. So I've been learning a lot and there's some solutions that could really fix and actually speed up uh, some of the editing and some of the, the what you know, the mastering of the audio and stuff where I could really cut this down to maybe 30 minutes uh, because a lot of the part of the problem is just the setup and getting noise bleed and noise. And, and it turns out the dynamic mics that we're using need some preamps because these actually have a really low output and our current mixer and everything doesn't have a good enough preamp. So then the gains too high, which picks up noise, which then when I'm editing, they get rid of the noise it actually cuts out audio. So I had to do a lot of manual silencing of multi-track. Anyway, you can just see it just goes on and on. So I've been doing a lot of research about uh, equipment that I can do. And man, this equipment's expensive. Yeah. So that's that's my hate. It's just this this is expensive equipment. Uh, either you have to have a, like a really good like setting, uh, you know, locally when you're recording a podcast, and you could do it. I mean, that's the thing about podcasts is you can just start out. Obviously, I mean, go listen to episode one. You can just plug in a mic and it sounds whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's basically no training recap. Twenty required. episodes. <laughs> yeah, just ah, the knob is set to that. Okay, let's go. And not really knowing what to do. I don't even think I started adding compression to our our podcast until like episode 30 something uh yeah i didn't even know what compression was uh go read up on it it's interesting anyway it's neither here but it's just stuff like that so anybody could do it but it might not sound good so uh i'm trying to do some steps where i can uh, get editing down to to a half an hour 45 minutes at uh, at best uh, just to make my life easier so it's not my whole saturday morning every week but 
the the podcast there or excuse me this audio equipment's pretty expensive so i'm about to drop a rather large investment uh to make this happen but it should be pretty awesome save me time in the long run which is Mm -hmm. money itself you know what i mean it's it's time with the family it's time doing stuff it's playing more games um so that's that's my hate this week chris what's your what's your hate? hate is the media uh what do you want to say causing the exploding of the scare pandemic of the COVID 19 virus i uh, just heard today that uh ncaa wrestling national championships as well as the basketball are going to be shut off to spectators um it's nope. the, the, this is all I understand we we need to take precautions with diseases and there's, there's importance of this, but there is so much that is blown out of proportion. I mean, you look at the history of other viruses and uh, the, the swine flu, the SARS outbreak, uh, all these things that the MERS virus in 2015, Ebola virus out in 2014, several of these have caused more damage and deaths, but were none of nothing was done about them. You didn't hear about things, the, the, the precautions and all this. I mean, we were at Walmart shopping and the Toilet paper, paper towels, hand sanitizer, uh, Lysol spray, Lysol wipes, bottled water. All of these were gone out of stock. And just I heard around the Des Moines uh, metro area, several of these things are just causing epidemics and and just the, the scare of this. And people are panicking and going way out of their way of and the things it's causing. I mean, the, the state is talking today about closing all the, the college campuses and going online yeah. only. Well, they, they don't understand the people that are affected by this are 80 plus year olds or people with severely depressed immune systems. So cause right. uh, closing all these other aspects is going to have a huge ripple effect um, to, uh, on the economic, uh, just everything that goes on with that, that it really sure. doesn't do anything to prevent it because it's not, uh, it's not touching the market that is going to be affected by it. So it's, and sure. just seeing all the media and some of these, especially social media aspect of how they are reporting this and, and putting on it, it is, it's, it's a scare almost tactic with some of this stuff. And that's where I get frustrated with that aspect. They don't understand the science behind it and the history and how things work and that kind of aspect and what really is um, impacted by this. But there's so many social media posts and media posts and reports on things that are just causing a scare when it doesn't need to be. Sure. Yeah. Like the deaths that first deaths in the United States were in, were in Washington, yep, for example. Right. It wasn't until like a week later that yes, I, I know after multiple articles, I actually found out. Oh, it was a nursing Correct. home. And yep, like up to that, you didn't even know it was a nursing home or older Correct. people. Like they're not even reporting on the condition and stuff like that. Um, but 
also play devil's advocate a little bit. On one hand, though, uh, the infection rate of of the viruses is definitely right. higher than any of these other ones. And so it, comparing them to something that's already taken its course and we're in our infancy is also not necessarily true because we have no idea how far reaching or how fast this could could uh could reach because like the flu has like a 1.2 so for every one person on average it infects 1.2 people opposed to this right now is about 2.3 right. and also and also also on top of it you know uh for example china has a just in their culture there's men smoke a lot more and so there's a lot of more respiratory Correct. issues in china and so that's also why some of the impacts so yeah just from just from a uh different like walk of life you just from country to country even state to state or even area to area it could be um completely different how it impacts people um the only thing and yeah i mean people going out and buying stuff is really right. stupid because like my sister she's uh, she has autoimmune disease and she's one of the people that does need absolutely stuff. she needs the mask she needs the hand sanitizer a per- perfectly healthy 20 year old doesn't need it but there's 20 year olds that have acute respiratory infections or other problems you know just lifelong either hereditary or side effects from other diseases or or autoimmune those are the people that that need that stuff and it's kind of not cool if you're completely healthy there's no reason you should be going out and like buying all that stuff my sister needs to be yes. stocking up with the stuff because she people because if it, it starts hitting her area she yep. needs to stay in the house and not go out and we'll need that those supplies Absolutely. for example so that yeah it's it's kind of disappointing just people scare um and then on the other hand with the with the not uh having the large groups i think one of the concerns why they're doing it is not necessarily because it's going to kill a bunch of people or infect a bunch of people i think the concern is the the hit on the hospitals right now they're and this is also not getting reported like it's the news media just somebody just explained that hey the idea here is where let's say we know we can expect just from the infection rate and just natural movement that we're going to expect let's say 500,000 people to get infected long term. Let's try to stretch that 500,000 over two years opposed to three or four months. The reason being is they're showing that we pretty much can't necessarily control how many people are probably going to get it long term. But if we can try to drive it out over a long amount of time, their concerns are just overloading the hospitals and people who actually have other, uh, you know, severe injuries and other stuff uh, might have some have some complications getting in. I think that's I think that's mainly the the fear or the problem is overloading our hospitals, and that's why they're trying not to like have mass outbreaks per se and kind of stretch it out. But uh, they're not doing a great job to make no. people, or even no, explain that. Not. I don't know. People are just I mean, crazy. People you have to crazy. dig for that. People exactly. Crazy. You have to dig for that type kind of information. And the general uh, media and social yeah. media is yeah. causing panic. Yeah, obviously, if we see people panic buying yeah. water yep. and toilet yep. paper, like, come on. Like, come on. But the meme... I, of everything, and I know it's coronavirus. Like it's affecting people, and people yeah. died. But oh yes, the memes that the memes that have come out of this is actually pretty funny. <laughs> there, like the meme. <laughs> there's memes out there about hey, my I had a new neighbor, and and uh, my welcome gift, and it shows them like somebody uh, teeping their house, so there's toilet paper because the idea that toilet paper is really uh, it's worth yeah. a lot right now. <laughs> 
that's the anyway that's a really bad joke uh, it's hard to explain <laughs> anyway it's neither here or there uh yeah i have i half agree with you i mean obviously it, it's kind of oh it is for absolutely some people and uh it's just uh people need to get a grip and fully truly understand and i think but at the same time underplaying it like oh it's like a cold that's also kind of dangerous too because people do have autoimmune or other respiratory problems it is it is super serious they could they very well could die if they got it if somebody with auto oh, absolutely like on that, that aspect yes most definitely yeah but people yeah. be crazy don't, don't be, be crazy, crazy. Now, I can understand if you're like a germaphobe a little bit. It plays into a lot of that. But most people aren't germaphobes. Also, it kind of scares me a little bit how many people need to be reminded and are now like taking precautions, like super washing their hands. Like, what were you doing? Yeah, before? exactly. You should be doing this all the time. <laughs> Just typical normal behavior. Why? You need to be yes. washing your hands. Wash your hands. hands. No matter what, pandemic or not. How about we just, as a public, yeah. pretend there's always a, a pandemic when it comes to washing yep. hands. Just every time you go wash your hand, think, you know, yep. I could get sick. So wash I'm going to wash hands my hands. and don't pick your face. People are disgusting. <laughs> like the amount of people at work, like I've seen just like walk out of a stall and just. Ugh. Oh, let's not go there, Brian. Let's not go there. I mean, I'm not a germaphobe, but I like yep. shaking people's hands really pushing. Yep. Like when I shake somebody's hand, I. I like physically feel my hand being dirty. I don't, is that is that normal? Is that weird? No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. We'll go there. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I that's why I get dry hands because I wash sure. my hands all so much. Okay. Well, uh, that yep. was your hate this yep. week. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's move out to the outro on this one. Okay, well, that wraps up episode 45. So, Chris, got any big games, uh, big plans for games in the coming week or two? We are preparing, when I say we, Jamie and I and the kids, we're preparing to go to Colorado uh, for spring break. So, we're packing some games to take to her parents' house where we're going to stay out there. Her brother lives out there permanently, and her parents have a house out there. So, we're going to go out and ski. But we're going to, we're talking about bringing like, uh, um, diamonds and exactly, exactly. I'm kidding. Uh, some games uh, like that to play. So we're we're packing those and uh, coming up with lists that we can travel with us and pull out. So we normally like ski in the morning to early afternoon, and then mm-hmm. have a, a light lunch, and then per- uh, kind of hang around, get ready, prepare a nice meal, and then then socialize and play games and stuff like that in the evening. So yeah, oh, cool. so that's what we're looking for. So we're gonna bring some games. Uh, last time we was there, uh, went last year uh, spring break and dropped uh, off in uh, mm-hmm. sushi go party and uh, was it? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember what other we a couple other trick taking games. But yeah, so we're gonna expand uh, their collection out there and take some games with us yeah cool yeah sounds like fun well we're uh we'll probably talk about this next week emily and i but we are we started clink legacy yes. officially and we're several games oh, fun oh, yeah so good. that's on my so list good. uh so having a lot of fun with that and we're playing risk legacy getting a couple more plays in i think that'll bring us up to game six so andy if you're listening to this well i guess this would come out after so i can't really trash talk oh you this. can always trash talk <laughs> we could just uh well Andy take that uh you no I'm sure can um 
he's a good friend, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it too far. But uh, we we have that coming up, and uh, Corey's on uh, vacation as well, so we won't get Pandemic Legacy probably in in this month. So that might have to go to April. And we were gonna play Gloomhaven, but that fell through. I think I talked about that last week with some scheduling, and so hopefully April. Yeah, we, we need to do that. Plan. Okay, well, join us next week for episode 46. Emily and I will be talking about something. I don't know. Uh, pr- probably more car stuff. There's more, more to that. And uh, then we'll be back with 47. Chris and I will re- be reviewing the game. I'm sure we'll be talking about some of the games we played on spring break. So we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, as usual, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook where you can connect up to us. Feel free to send us messages, comment, ask questions. That is at Games We Play Pod. And as usual, our Gmail, Games We Play Pod at gmail.com. We appreciate everything. But until next time, from the Games We Play, I'm Brian. And I'm Chris. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Games We Play Pod. And at Games We Play Pod at gmail.com.